Welcome to the Adopting Joy podcast. I'm your host, Colleen Seward-Ryan. It's my passionate mission to share inspirational insights, actionable tips, tools, and techniques that you can apply immediately so you can create your best life. Sample topics include dealing with difficult people, how to get motivated and stay motivated, and transforming your struggles into success. If you're looking to create a more free and fulfilling life filled with greater happiness, health, and healing, you've come to the right place. My goal is to help you love your life. It's one of the secrets to adopting joy. Let's talk about leadership at all levels, because as a speaker, mainly on the topic of leadership, overcoming procrastination, dealing with toxic people, I'm often asked to speak not just for managers and supervisors, directors, and so forth, but also sometimes for people who are engineers, accountants, people who are not necessarily in a leadership role, or maybe they are a team lead. Um, They could be an admin assistant. So let's talk about leadership at all levels, and not just professionally, but personally as well, because it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur selling something with your own business, a top corporate executive, or in a leadership position for the Girl Scouts. Leadership skills and excellent leadership traits can and should apply to anyone, anywhere, because people are always watching you. You know, if there is one thing that I hear all the time, and I mainly do Zoom programs nowadays, but if there's one thing I hear, people will always say, you know what, Colleen, like it or not, people are always watching us. And I totally agree. Even if you're retired with four children and 14 grandchildren, you serve as one of their role models. Most likely, you serve as a role model to more people than you realize. This is also pertinent information you can share with others because maybe your children and or grandchildren in the workforce because people are always watching them, even if they work remotely. So you can share this information with other people. It may not be just for you. Some of you maybe have fur children. That's a whole nother topic, but you definitely have to work on behavioral issues with them sometimes, just like you do with the human counterparts. I mentioned I've been conducting speaking engagements and personal coaching on leadership. I've been speaking on the topic both in person and virtually for more than 20 years. Before that, I was an advertising executive as well as a manager in a leadership position. And before that, I was honored as the number one sales representative out of 180 salespeople in the U.S. and Canada for a large conglomerate of three 
companies. Holt, at the time, they were Holt, Reinhardt, and Winston, Saunders College Publishing, and Dryden Press, which were all under the umbrella of CBS College Publishing. So if you haven't listened to um, my other podcasts, that's just a little bit of my background. And before the coronavirus pandemic, I had conducted speaking engagements and coaching programs in 48 states and six countries. For the last two years, probably like a lot of you, whether it's family get-togethers or certainly business for the last two years, it's mainly um, been virtual programs on Zoom and Adobe Connect, except when I was invited to speak at the University of Notre Dame back in September. Now, not much has changed in terms of what people want to see for them to willingly want to follow their leader. And of course, the two words there are willingly want to follow their leader. So think about if the people that work for you, let's say you have people working for you, if their salaries and benefits were not dependent on doing what you asked, would they still want to follow you? Now, I will say one thing that has changed over the last two years with so much having gone virtual, there's more emphasis on communication and tone because people are communicating far less in terms of face-to-face communication. That, that's made a big improvement. A lot of companies are doing kind of the hybrid approach, some people in the office, some people not. So where they are practicing a hybrid approach Some days, some people are at work. Some days they work from home. There's still far less face-to-face communication. And so a message can be easily misconstrued. Leadership through email does not work. (laughs) Still, the traits, qualities, and characteristics that people expect to see, especially from those in a leadership role. Like I said, it really hasn't changed much over the past two decades. So whether I've been conducting keynotes, business seminars, speaking for a lot of nonprofits, a lot of government entities, here's my list of the top leadership traits, qualities, and characteristics that people want to see that I hear about all the time. Number one, honest. People want a leader with integrity. Someone they can trust who does what they say they are going to do. If they say they're going to complete a task, they complete it. It doesn't matter if they're a leader or a colleague. Like it or not, People do watch to see if you'll do what you say you're going to do. Now, I know for those of you who are listening, this is probably nothing new. It's probably something that you've heard before, that people look to see, do you do what you say you're going to do? But it's an excellent reminder. And sometimes the more you hear something, repetition is the mother of skill, the more you get it down on the the inside of you. You can possess a whole host of positive traits, qualities, and characteristics, but if people don't think they can trust you, it doesn't matter what 
what role you play. Friend, teacher, family member, boss, everything else goes out the window. And when I say boss, I really mean leader. And there is a big difference, which I'll talk about in another episode. Number two of the top leadership traits, characteristics, and qualities that people want to see, excellent communicator, active listener. At the top of the list here would be an active listener. I like to say, listen to understand, not to respond. Listening is the number one tool in communication. A study by mindpower.com found that in a 10-minute conversation, the average person only listens two and a half to five minutes. And that's not all at once. That's not in the beginning. That's sporadically. (laughs) So if you're an excellent listener, you're already ahead of the pack. This applies not just to leaders, but how you are as a colleague, a parent, a friend, a significant other, and much more. Remember, what is everyone's favorite topic? Themselves. People love to talk about themselves. Number three, supportive, empathetic. This is huge. Oftentimes, people tell me they love the fact that their boss, their manager, has their back. They'll tell me that when their manager or supervisor knows they've done the best job they could and that they're supportive, it encourages them to keep going. Empathy goes a long way. I like to say you never know what someone is going through. If you take away only one thing from this podcast episode, and my goal is for you to walk away with at least one key takeaway that you can use and think about how you're going to apply it. My biggest takeaway for you, and I will say it again because I know of so many people going through rough times, you never know what someone is going through. People won't care what you think or how much you know unless they know you care. Number four, appreciative. It doesn't matter if I'm speaking for high-level directors, CFOs, mid-level directors, managers, supervisors, or people doing volunteer work. They all tell me that when their supervisor shows sincere genuine appreciation, those are the key words, sincere, genuine appreciation for an outstanding job well done, it motivates them even more. And when they say it, this happened recently when I was conducting a a Zoom leadership program, when they were saying that when their boss gives them sincere appreciation, and it it makes such a difference, I, I literally could hear it in their voices. And I could see their faces lighting up, even though some of them were just little tiny thumbnails on their, uh, on their webcams. So genuine, sincere appreciation. And I think that goes for anybody in your life. 
Number five, in terms of traits, qualities, characteristics that people want to see to willingly want to follow their leader. Number five, fair-minded. It's important to be a boss or a leader and not a buddy. Be a parent and not a buddy. If you're a buddy in either of these situations, you will lose the respect of the people who depend on you. You'll definitely lose respect if you're a leader and you practice blatant favoritism. Like it or not, it goes back to what I said about how people will notice not so much your words, but your actions, and if you do what you say you're going to do. So stay consistent with policies and procedures, because part of fair-minded, I would say, is consistency. If there is someone on your team with whom your friends and or former colleagues, make sure you treat them the same way you treat your other employees. Now, one thing I hear from a lot of my participants, and I would agree with this, leadership is a lot like parenting. You know you need to be fair with your children. I would say human children and fur babies. Well, it's the same with your employees. Nothing is more of a demotivator than the boss who blatantly plays favorites and changes the rules. Be fair, be consistent, and genuinely care about others genuinely care about the people that you manage because rules without relationship equals rebellion. And let me say that again, because I'm guessing for some of you, this is going to be one of your key takeaways. You can certainly apply this in a lot of life situations. Rules without relationship equals rebellion. Whether you're in a professional position or a parent or both. Number six, competent. Competency, I think, is really the key to being an effective leader. People want to follow a leader who knows what's going on in an organization. They understand what's happening at all levels in all departments. They keep themselves apprised of the competition and how to stay competitive so their people hopefully are able to have job security because the organization is staying competitive. So essentially, a leader who's competent, they know what is going on at all levels, and certainly they're competent in their own jobs. Number seven, forward-looking. People want a leader who not only has a vision for the future and is a big picture thinker, but they have a plan for how to execute that vision. I used to hear this frequently, especially when I would do in-person programs. I would talk about the importance of being forward-looking and having a vision and making sure that you communicate that to your people. And inevitably, I would have leaders in my programs who would say, Colleen, I think it's also important that those leaders share what is their plan for how to execute that vision. I agree. It's wonderful to talk about all the great things you want to do, 
but to establish credibility and have that competence, you have to paint a picture of your plan and how to envision carrying that out. Paint a visual picture of how you plan to carry that out. Because I think to a certain degree, competence and credibility go hand in hand, and people have to see you as credible. Additionally, how do these objectives and or goals, assuming that you've come up with them and kind of spelled them out, maybe you've asked your people their ideas for objectives and and goals because that's how you get more buy-in, but how do these objectives and goals tie in with each person's job? Do your managers and supervisors understand the organization's mission? Would they be able to articulate it if you asked them? Do they understand where they fit in with the big picture? Have you and they been able to illustrate to people where they fit in on a macro and micro level? When I'm doing trainings or when I'm doing keynote speeches, or I used to do a lot of breakout sessions for conferences. Now that's pretty much Zoom and other virtual platforms. I have a lot of people who will say, you know, Colleen, I I think that our organization has lost track of what is its mission and does everybody understand where they fit in with the bigger picture And does each team know where they fit in? So macro as well as a micro level, do they see where they're contributing to the bigger mission? One organization I conducted leadership training for told me that as they were growing and hiring more and more people, it seemed as if they'd lost their main goal, their main objective, Not only did the HR person, the human resources director say this, but the CEO admitted to it as well. So you've heard the phrase growing pains. The the good news is the company was growing. I'll never forget that day. It was a beautiful spring day in Washington state, but they were also going through growing pains. And the more people they were hiring, the less time they had to really um, focus on objectives. Number eight, another big skill people want to uh, see, to want to follow their leader, whatever type of leader that is, inspiring. People want a leader that they can look up to, somebody who inspires them. If you had or have a terrific mom or dad or teacher or coach, think about how they inspired you. It's no different if you're someone's colleague, boss, friend, or someone who posts on social media. People want to feel inspired. I think the real definition of an outstanding leader is someone who can inspire people to do the hard thing, that thing or task that maybe they don't really feel like doing. That leader that inspires you to do the hard thing, something you don't really feel like doing, that thing that seems difficult, boring, or otherwise out of reach. But the leader instills a readiness 
and perhaps most importantly, a confidence. It goes back to people wanting someone who sees the best. You want someone who sees the best in you, who believes in you, but who's also honest enough, I think honest and yet tactful enough to push you to reach your full potential. I know for me, I want um, leaders, right now I'm using the word leader and boss in the same phrase. I'll, like I said, I'll do another episode on how um, being a leader is different from being a boss. But I, I like it when my clients are honest with me. You know, they love the presentation. What did they like about it? Any ideas they have for next time? And most of the people that I'm close friends with are very blunt now, <laughs> you might think that they're too blunt, uh, but but they're like brothers and sisters to me. So everybody's style is different. I personally like a very direct approach. So I personally like people who who tell it like it is. I, I just, I like that honesty. I feel like I can trust those people. So I think that that can be inspiring as long as the leader does it in a tactful way. Honest and yet tactful. Number nine, open-minded. Mark Twain said, an open mind leaves a chance for someone to drop a worthwhile thought into it. (laughs) Do you have an open mind? Now, some people say the older you are, the more difficult it is to be open-minded about the world. But did you know an open mind encourages more personal growth and compassion. I think an open mind encourages not just more compassion, but I think empathy. I actually find that the people who have been through the most adversity, I find those people to be the most empathetic and the kindest people. And those are usually the people who are my closest friends. There are, in fact, many benefits to having an open mind. First of all, you'll be better at conflict resolution. When you can put yourself in the other person's place and understand where they're coming from, you'll be able to work out disagreements better since you approach things from all sides. Now, I know you've heard the phrase, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. It's trite but true. And, you know, it's, it's trite, but it's true. Walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And one leadership quality that is essential is the ability to handle conflict and communicate honestly, as I said, but with tact. So the more you can understand where somebody's coming from and listen the more you can kind of be able to think from all sides. So I know walking a mile in someone else's shoes, I know it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. Also, another benefit to having an open mind, your thinking skills are sharper and you'll be less likely to be manipulated by other people and the world in general. You'll be able to think from a more open perspective and consider all points of an argument, not just your own. I know that since some of the podcast episodes I've recorded, 
my mind, my thinking has shifted on some issues. Also, reading various books, maybe for some of you, it's books on tape and being a lifelong learner is another way to gain a different perspective on a topic. Keeping a monthly reading list will also help foster a more open way of thinking about the world. Number 10, flexible, no matter where in the world you live. (laughs) I think one thing we all discovered from the pandemic is that change is inevitable. It doesn't matter what changes are going on around us. We have to remain flexible and open to change. How can any of us, especially leaders, expect other people to be positive about a change if we're not setting an example? Remember, you are a role model for others. People look to you for guidance. Most likely, some people you don't even know, especially if you're like me and you post frequently on social media, on sites like Instagram or um, LinkedIn or Twitter. If change is relatively easy for you and you're the kind of person who likes experiencing new things because you get bored with routine, I'm raising my hands to that, (laughs) that would be me, remind yourself to be patient with others who may have a harder time coming around to accepting a change. Number 11, another key trait, quality characteristic that people want in their leaders, accountable, accountability. We all respect and admire people who hold themselves accountable, who take ownership for what they do, including admitting to mistakes. When you admit to a mistake, what are you training others to do? You're creating a culture and a safe environment showing that it's okay to make a mistake and to admit when you've made a mistake. So if you're holding yourself accountable and you're taking ownership, I hesitate to use the word transparency here because I I think it's an overused word, but it shows that you're transparent. It shows a certain level of honesty And like I said, it it doesn't matter who you are a leader or an example for. It could be a friend. It could be you're a parent. But it shows others it's okay to make a mistake and admit to it. It also helps to cultivate people to take more calculated risks. Number 12, see people as human beings and practice patience. A lot of my clients leave my speaking engagements and virtual programs like Zoom saying that practicing patience is one of their biggest takeaways. And a lot of my clients are experiencing burnout right now. When people are burned out, they don't perform as well on the job. Their lives are unbalanced. They feel chaotic and it can permeate the workplace in terms of morale. I've been hearing of instances where people are so burnt out, they're getting sick, and it isn't just COVID. I'm going to do at least one other episode 
on leadership at all levels and talk about the traits that are important that people want to see in terms of leadership. And I'm going to include recognizing the signs of burnout in yourself and others and what you can do about it. Um, Because if you're at all feeling burnt out right now or, or just going through a rough time, you are not alone. Please know you are not alone. Number 13, self-awareness. IQ is important, but studies show that EQ, emotional intelligence, is an even bigger predictor of someone's success. What is the definition of emotional intelligence? Because you all know that phrase has been thrown around a lot. According to dictionary.com, emotional intelligence is the skill in perceiving, understanding, and managing our emotions and feelings. So you can just look this up on the internet. I would add that it's also the ability to understand others and to react appropriately, empathetically, and judiciously, to think before you speak. It all starts with self-awareness. And self-awareness is the first of five competencies of emotional intelligence. I'll do a part two on the topic of leadership because these are all traits, qualities, and characteristics you want to possess, not just professionally, but personally as well. Like I've said, it doesn't matter if you're a parent, a friend, a sibling, or somebody who does volunteer work, or all of the above. If you've listened to my other episodes, you know that I like to end with quotes. So I'm going to end with one by Robin S. Sharma, Canadian writer and leadership expert. I have two quotes. His first, he says, leadership is not about a title or a designation. It's about impact, influence, and inspiration. And the second quote is by first National Youth Poet Laureate, Amanda Gorman. She says, for there is always light. If only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. And I would say, I think that being the light is one of the keys to adopting joy. Please, if you haven't already subscribed to the Adopting Joy podcast, please do and share it with your friends. You can follow me on Instagram at adoptingjoy underscore. That's at Adopting Joy, J-O-Y, and the underscore symbol on Twitter at Adopting Joy. Thank you.